This episode is brought to you by Kitcaster. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Hey there, you are listening to the Dream Big and Kick-Ass podcast. I'm Mandy, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. If you want encouragement, inspiration, support, empowerment, then join me as we talk about real-life stories of finding and following your purpose, overcoming adversity, and living out your dreams. If you believe life's too short to be caught up in insecurities, fear, and feeling defeated, then let's hang out in the Dream Big and Kick-Ass podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to be here today with Christy. We have been friends for like, I don't know, ever. And I, we just discussed how we think we have not seen each other in probably about 20 years. Um, so a lot has happened since then. And so I'm going to let Christy tell you a little bit about herself right now. Um, and we're going to get this party started. So Christy, go ahead. Hey, I am Christy McDougall, born and raised in Oklahoma. I'm 43 years old married to my college sweetheart for 20 years. We have four kids, 17, 15, 13, and then we popped in a little six-year-old. Um, right I, <laughs> I have a degree in social work, and I currently work part-time at a children's hospital. Nice. Speaking of just our history that we have a little bit, do you have any like funny or embarrassing memories for when you were a cheerleader? Because I was, I was your cheer, cheer coach for, I don't know what, yeah or something like that so do you have I any think so was it was it junior highish was that the something the yes junior high high school okay yes you're my cheer coach um I remember at cheer camp I'm not sure if this was later high school years but I remember being at cheer camp and somebody had said something funny and we laughed so hard. I'm pretty sure I peed my pants, but we were outside <laughs> on the sidewalk. And you know how you do the little squat thing <laughs> yes, yes. on the ground, trying to get the foot to help <laughs> keep the pee from coming out. And it didn't help. So that was embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, so. I remember lots of laughter, lots of crazy, silly, fun stuff back then. So, um, and that's kind of how, yeah, all you girls were just silly and crazy and laughing at everything. But I kind of miss so that fun. sometimes. I know. I miss that sometimes. Do you find at all that, I mean, I do, I look back and go, man, every damn thing used to be so freaking hilarious. And now I don't, I don't laugh as much <laughs> like that, you know, like dying <laughs> laughing. Like it's usually, you know, maybe every six months I'll have the whole, like, I can't breathe laughter. So yeah. Um, does that happen for you? Yeah. No, I, my kids make me laugh like that still. They oh, still that make makes me laugh. Sense. Yeah, I bet my they pants do. laugh. Yeah, yeah. So. Especially if they're like you, then they're. I'm sure yeah. they're <laughs> Some of them have my humor. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, speaking of your kiddos, I would like for you to tell the listeners, like, describe how and why you are an advocate for kiddos with special needs. 
my youngest son, who is six, when he, before he was born, um, I guess I was considered old when I was pregnant <laughs> with him. I was 35. Mm-hmm. So we had to go see a specialist um, every, I don't know, every month. Anyway, on one of the ultrasounds, he was talking about his brain and just different things and mentioned casually, oh, he's missing his corpus callosum. And Shaggy and I were like, okay, but there was no more discussion. So we go home and Google corpus callosum. And that's like a part of your brain. Like it's not there. He doesn't have it. So that so kind he didn't of freaked us No, I think he probably didn't want us to freak out. I don't know. And, but, but the thing with this part of your brain is there are some children born without it and they are completely normal, high functioning. They do fine. Uh-huh. And there's some kids who never walk or talk. So like it's, wow. it's not something... You can That's play one extreme for. to the it's other. Okay. Yeah. And there's everything in between too. Yeah. So um, it's a wait and see diagnosis. So we just had to wait till he was born and see how he did and then try to meet his needs as we noticed he needed help. Okay. So, okay. Uh, tell us, so, go ahead. So that just made, I have a child with, he does have some special needs. So it's kind of opened my eyes to the world around me and helped me to see, mainly I teach my children. Sure. Um and so it's opened their eyes to other kids with special needs, how everybody needs love, no matter how different they may look or how different they may act. We never know what's going on um, inside of them. So exactly right. And that's great that they can, that you're teaching them that compassion. That's good that you're teaching your kids and that they, they can have this experience and love him and enjoy him and, and help him and all that kind of stuff. So tell us a little bit more about what part of the brain is that? What does it do? What is it? What's its function? Um, it's in the middle. So it connects your our right and left hemispheres. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's described as like the super highway. So when your right brain or right hemisphere has thoughts and it needs to send it to the left side, that's what it uses is the corpus callosum. So when you don't have that, your thoughts are kind of stuck on each side of the brain. And then what I'm told is amazing as our brain is it rewires itself. Yeah. Um, so thoughts get across, but it takes the back roads. So sometimes it takes time to process things. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So what were your initial feelings about it? I'm like, you said that you guys went home and you, and you Googled it and you're like, Oh my God, what were your initial emotions about it? Oh man. Well, I was, you know, scared and terrified and just a lot of what ifs. And I'm such a planner, man. I just want to know what, what are we dealing with? What can I do to help it? And so this was one of those things that was, this is what it is, but I don't know what we're going to be able to do to help him until he gets here to see what he needs. So I wasn't able to um, lay out a plan. Yeah. So, but as he got here and it just, I trusted the Lord. I really did just um, trusted him. He would show us what we needed to do for him. Yeah. That's how I finally came to peace. That's good. So your job as a, as a social worker, how much of that, those skills and knowledge that you have, how much did that assist you in your family with your son's diagnosis dealing with that? You know, I think it significantly helped being a social worker at a children's hospital. One of the jobs is to connect families with resources in the community. So your knowledge of resources is great and and knowing what the family needs and connecting them to that. So I already knew of several things in place that I could already contact. Um, Sooner Start is a program that really helped. It's an early intervention program and he um, was able to get OT, PT and speech services through them. But I already knew about it. So when he was born, I called and I referred him and he was approved and and was enrolled uh, right away. That's awesome. So do you find that there are a lot of people who really don't know what resources are out there 
that are available? Is it not common knowledge? I mean, what do you find? Yes. Sometimes I think people know of the resources because we have Google and you can just look up anything about, but sometimes it can be tricky. <laughs> um, like yeah. applying for different services, just needing help and guidance with who do I call and how do I start this process? And so I think they know the services, but maybe accessing them sometimes is difficult. Right. So all the little details of, okay, here's the steps. Here's what you do first. Yes. Then next to next. Okay. Yes. And a lot of times too, parents are in some kind of, you know, you're in crisis mode or you're sure you, your mind's kind of clouded because you have all this other stuff going on. It's just nice to have somebody kind of hold your hand, like do this, you just know. guide you. Okay. Now do this. Yeah. Now do this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you are a vital, vital person for those other parents that are needing those resources. I know you can't talk about specifics as far as, you know, for privacy laws, but is there anything that stands out to you throughout your job? throughout this career that really, uh, I don't know, impacted you greatly in some way, like any particular situation? Again, I think most all parents love their children and want what's best for them. But sometimes you're in situations that um, it's, again, it's difficult to get what you need to make things better. I don't know. Um, yeah. Difficult to navigate. I think my takeaway is to not judge people. They are most of them are doing the best darn job that they can and to yeah. help them to do better, not to um, judge them and say, you're not doing a good job because of my standards and my expectations for what I have for my family. It's not what you have for your family. As long as you love your children and you're taking care of them, that's okay. Yeah, yeah that's good. So what advice would you give to other parents who are trying to advocate for their kid, but, but don't know what to do or don't know how to go about it? The biggest thing that was helpful to us is we found a, I don't know if I want to call it a support group, but it was like an online listserv of families with children who have some kind of disorder of the corpus callosum. So it was parents of kids, there was even adults who live with this disorder. Uh Um, And you know what? I wasn't even on Facebook at the time. I was just able to Google it and find it and be added to the list. So these people already have experiences with this. They know what the resources are. They know what to different things you can access. So with any disability, I would imagine there is some kind of, support group or people that have walked this before you have that can kind of point you in the right direction. To me, that was the biggest help. It brought comfort. It brought peace. It brought people that understood because Ty's condition is extremely rare. I, I long to meet another family who has a child with the same diagnosis. I think that would just be awesome. But being able to connect online and see families who are living through the same thing, either in different countries or different States has been one of the greatest resources I think for our family. That would be super cool if you could like get those people together in one place. Like you I would say, love you it. Wanna, you would want to like meet them face to face. Yes. And they neat. actually do conferences every year or every other year. We just haven't been able to go to one yet. They meet in different States. Yeah. So that's something they've, yeah, that, that they're already doing. Oh, that'd be super cool. All of this that you're just talking about, about um, reaching out and finding those groups of people that get it, that know what you're going through and, and can kind of help, pave the way for you or whatever. That's one of the reasons why I asked you to do this interview so that we could get that information out there because there's probably somebody else out there. If they're not dealing with this particular diagnosis, they're dealing with something that their kiddo is going through and, and they're struggling too. So I hope that this is going to help encourage them and give them some resources, give them some, some guidance to, to helping their situation. So I probably already know the answer to this, but who or what motivates you, inspires you? and inspires you? Well, it's a simple answer. It's my family. They, you know, they motivate me to be the best that I can be. It's easy to go out and be nice and kind 
and put on the best face to the outside world. But then when you're stuck in a little house with your family, like they see the real you, you know, so I am so, um, I'm learning to be patient and kind and, um, (laughs) with my family. Yes. So I have to do a lot of self self work, but they, that they're my motivation. I want to be my best self and they emulate you. Like they'll say something. Uh I'm like, Oh, where'd you hear that? Oh, me. You know, so Well, that came out of my mouth. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, what makes, speaking of your family and stuff, and they're the ones you said earlier that make you laugh so hard. So what, what makes you laugh so hard that you can't breathe or that you pee your pants? We have lots of family inside jokes. So um, they know how to like timely place like a little word that will make us know that joke. Yeah, um, that makes me laugh till I pee my pants. And then or if Shaggy <laughs> sends me an unexpected, you know, meme or gift texting. Yeah, um, that always just catches me off guard sometimes and makes me laugh. Till I pee my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. What are some other obstacles um, that you have overcome or maybe still overcoming in your life? <laughs> and how have you been overcoming them? Oh, goodness. Um, obstacles in my life. I think I jokingly said raising teenagers. <laughs> that has been a different... hey, that's not, that's no joke, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love them so much, but man, there is, um, you know, tension in letting them go to be their yeah. own little people. I love them so much, but also holding them accountable and consequences for actions. And it may sound simple and small, but man, that's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. And then just what else, what else is a a struggle. I can't think of anything well, else. Speaking right of now. your teenagers, I think earlier when we were talking off rec- when we weren't recording, you were saying that you were calling your mom a lot. <laughs> yes, mama. <laughs> she gets to laugh now. So yeah, she's like, "Ha It's your turn now to deal with teenagers. <laughs> um, are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning. I love to get up. I love. It's the only time in my house that it's quiet. Um, yeah. I get to have my coffee. I get to go for a walk. I get to read my Bible. I'm a morning person. Yeah. That's good. I really wish that I were a morning person. I'm not. Not so much. Not you, so I bet much. you get a lot done at night, right? I do. I, I work some at night. Yeah. On this stuff, you know, what's your go-to beverage? You said coffee. Coffee. Yes. Coffee. <laughs> Iced coffee. Hot like coffee, black coffee, or all of it. Yeah. All of it. Any and all. Yeah. I am realizing though, I may have a problem, so I probably should <laughs> have a cut back on coffee. I think my brother drinks coffee all day long. I think he drinks just black coffee, two pots of coffee all day yeah. long. Black coffee till noon, iced coffee in the afternoon. <laughs> I got to cut myself off about three or four so I can sleep at night. Shoot, if I drink coffee that much, I, there's no, I'd just be like, bouncing <laughs> off the walls. Yeah, no, you get immune. You get immune and then you got to oh, up okay. it. We got to add one more cup. <laughs> you got any favorite books, podcasts, YouTubers, people you follow? I used to love to read. I don't have as much time anymore. So right now when I read, it's like usually nonfiction or devotional or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't YouTube. I might be too old for that. My kids YouTube a lot. I don't watch TV much, but I'm so into Downton Abbey right now. Oh, yes. It's taking me Downton almost. Abbey. I have one more season. Yeah. Um, it's taking me like a year to get this far. It's wow. Like one episode every yeah. <laughs> so that's my love right now. If I can get a pile of laundry on my bed and put on Downton Abbey and fold laundry and watch my show. Yeah. It's a good day. It's yeah. a good show. I haven't seen the movie yet and I want to see the movie. I'm waiting to finish episode six and then the 
I'm coming for the movie. Coming for the movie. Yes, absolutely. Um, any other, like, do you ever listen to audiobooks? I'm just curious. I don't. I listen, I've been listening to a podcast called Out of the Ordinary, and it's two women. They just tell, st- like, ordinary stories about their life, but when I go for a walk, I listen to them, and they make me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just an Check interesting podcast. Yeah. And then I l- have just started listening to Dwell. They pick a, mem- a Bible verse a month and memorize and do devotions on it, a weekly devotion. And I've just started that one. Cool. And you just started this one. Yes, I did. What advice would you give to your younger self? Like say, I don't know. The advice to my younger self is, I think I chased perfectionism and pleasing people for a long time. And I still struggle with that. But I would tell myself to stop it. It's an illusion. You never reach perfection. Um, I'm not going to, I do. I really genuinely love people and I love to help them. But at what cost? I mean, I have to put boundaries somewhere, you know, so like figuring that out has taken 43 years, but I think I'm, and I still don't have it figured out, but I'm working on that. That is really difficult. And I'm sure, because as a teacher and as a social worker, I imagine you go into it like with this idealistic view of, I want to help everybody. I want to help the world, you know, and I want to change the world. And I want to, and you do little bits at a time, little seeds at a time, but it can be extremely overwhelming and extremely like an energy sucker. And you do have to put those boundaries down. Absolutely. My colleagues were all, they always heard me, especially last year. I'm like, boundaries, boundaries. <laughs> you need to take care of yourself because you're going to burn the heck out if you don't. You can only give out what you have inside of you and if you give 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 and you don't ever fill back up then that you're just going to kill yourself that way yeah you're empty physically yeah you're completely empty absolutely that's kind of how I was when I left teaching so yeah what would you like to leave with our listeners today any favorite quotes a joke a story valuable lesson a favorite song goodness what would I like to leave a lesson maybe just to live life in the moment I feel like so much of my life was, I can't wait to graduate high school. I can't wait to go to college. I can't wait to get married. I can't wait to have kids. You know what I mean? I'm so busy looking for the next thing that I'm not focusing on where I'm at. I mean, we have all these different seasons in life. Quit trying to get to the next. Just be where you're at and enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy the moment. Yes. Marinate in it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't be so quick to rush. Even the painful moments, because there's lots of things you're going to learn from those. That's so that's and really, very profound. I'm, yeah. What, and just focusing on my kids. It's very, to have a child that's almost 18 and have his little brother six, I'm reminded daily of how fast life goes because I can look at them and think this was just yesterday. And um, I just need to sit. Yeah. I just need to sit and enjoy it. So absolutely. I agree. I agree. I do that outside on the, in the backyard, just kind of sit and watch the Cardinals jump around and the squirrels chase each other and things like that. I'm just like, I've spent so much of my time just going and going and going. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. And like, and it goes back to the whole, you're wearing yourself out, you know, you're, you're putting out, putting out, putting out, but you're not, you're not filling up and nature helps fill me up. It's one of the things that help fill me up. And so I've been trying to take that time and go out and uh, watch the squirrels jump around and chase each other and enjoy that. (laughs) That makes me sound really old, but but it's so like it I think it takes you that long to almost that long to realize oh that's really where it's at you know all this other crazy running the in the hamster wheel that's not it's not healthy it's not 
for me, it's not fulfilling. No, I agree. Yeah. Mine is sunrises and sunsets. And now that you say it, yeah, it does make me feel or make us look old. But, and I wonder if you have to run the hamster wheel for a while to realize it's not where it's at. Maybe you know what so. I mean? Cause like I try to give my kids advice. Like I've been there, I've done that. But I think sometimes you have to ex- experience that to realize, oh, that's not where it's at. Right. Yeah. There's some things that they're just not going to they're not going to hear and they're not going to, and then later they'll go, Oh, mom was right. Just like I'm doing to to my mom. Exactly. (laughs) I think it's just a, yeah, it comes full circle. I I turned 50 this year. No, I know. You do not look 50, Mandy. Thank you. I'm serious. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things, one of the reasons why I took this step to, to start working on my own business and I left teaching after 15 years because I'm like, man, life is too damn short. Life is too damn short. And I've seen that over and over again. You know, my dad passing with, you know, other people, friends, things like that, that just, yeah, just too short. And I, and I want to experience other things besides anxiety and stress, you know? Yes. And I get that Mm -hmm. we're in this, we're in this world and it's not, um, it's not a perfect world and we are not perfect people. So there's going to be some anxiety and some stress. But I'm going to limit that. And I'm the only one who can, who can make those decisions for me to limit that, to make those boundaries and just to do the best I can right. to make that happen. So, all right. Well, Christy, thank you so much for being here today and for chatting with us. And I know that the listeners are going to get something from what you have given to us today, some information about special needs and about being an advocate and about getting resources that you need in order to support you and your family when you have a student that is going through some special needs um, struggles. So Chrissy, thank you so much for being here and I appreciate you and love you and I will talk to you later. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us. Please check the show notes for resources mentioned by my guests. If you're tired of doing the same old thing and producing the same old results, then you need a vision board, my friend. I can help you with that with my free three-step vision guide. So check out more information on my website at mandysawyer.com. That's M-A-N-D-Y-S-A-W-Y-E-R.com. If one of your goals happens to be starting a podcast, then you should try out Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout gets your show listed on every major podcast platform. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and a whole lot more. Just go to my affiliate link, mandysawyer.com slash buzzsprout. Following this link lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you and gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And it helps support this show. Thanks for listening. And remember to dream big and kick ass.